We are so glad you decided to join us today for our Compelled podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you. We would love for you to message us on social media and connect through our website at compelled316.com. Now let's get started. Bob Morrison is here to get us thinking about what it means to live a compelled life. So I want to talk to you guys about the ripple effect and where does that come into play in your day-to-day life. One of the biggest, most effective things that Jesus did was in those last few sentences of the Great Commission, the place where he says, I want you to go out into all the world, tell them the good news, share the gospel, baptize them, make more and more disciples. And we look at that and we go, okay, that's really cool. But the reality is that was the biggest ripple effect that mankind has ever known. How do we do a ripple effect in our little BB world compared to that? It's really pretty simple. It can be something as easy as going in your favorite restaurant and the waitress is right there and you just say, hey, what can I pray for you for? I have so many times done that, terrified out of my mind, and I just did it just to see what would happen, you know? And I've had waitresses who literally stood there and began to just sob. They're carrying so much weight just because they're taking your order for food doesn't mean that they're not battling things, that they're not going through a major amount of brokenness. We don't know until we ask. So it's so simple. Hey, what can I pray for you for? Something easy like that. Another one that I want you to think about. You remember in school, there was this crazy, uh, I call it a nursery rhyme, but it was basically talking about how the dog ate the cat, that ate the rat, that ate the malt. You know, that whole thing about the farmer's wife. That is the ripple effect in a negative way. So you have this role that you can play when you go into sitting down at the table with your family. Whether you do a negative ripple effect or a positive ripple effect is totally up to you. It's the same at your school. It's the same at work. It doesn't matter where you're at. You can be in a room full of strangers and you set the tone. You either bring the light or you bring the light putter out. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to be that person that just walks in the room and everybody's having this moment and there you can feel the lightness in the room and you're the one that comes in and say hey I just want to bring in this really bummer bad news tribe has spoken put their torch out that's not who we're called to be we are called to be the one to come in and go hey it's going to get better hang in there let's talk about it how can we pray for each other while we're all here we leave that out of our day-to-day environment I don't know why I can't explain it maybe it's just that it Socially, it feels weird. It just does, you know, whether you're sitting at the uh, lunch table at work with a bunch of construction guys, the last thing to pop into your mind is, hey guys, can I pray for you? Uh, Yeah, no, they're probably gonna throw their sandwich at you. It's gonna be a little freaky. But as they begin to learn that that's who you are, you're the one that says, hey, no, I'm that guy. I'm the guy that trusts God to hear us when we pray. I know that he's gonna do something amazing in our lives. There will come a point if you continue to bring the light and bring the light and bring the light, eventually they're going to come to you and go, hey man, I got something going on in my life. Would you pray for me? And they might be like looking over their shoulders so that their buddies don't hear them asking. But eventually it starts to seep into them and you notice the things that work go a little better. And I've seen it. A great example, I have a buddy, Andy. Andy was, man, somebody who was on a journey. And he had a tough time. Uh, He will tell you right to uh, your face that he 
was uh, in a bad situation, was in jail, was arrested for dealing, and it looked like his life was over. But someone who said, hey, uh, I want to share this with you, and it was a CD of Christian music. And he's kind of going, okay, yeah, I'll listen to it. And it planted a seed. The ripple was made. Well, nobody thought much about it, you know. It was like, okay, yeah, so Andy, listen to a CD. But somewhere along the way, a judge said, I need to give this guy another chance. And when Andy and I met, uh, we were standing in a church parking lot of all places, and he had a pair of shorts on, and he had this awesome dope leaf tattoo on his leg. And uh, I was like, nice tattoo, dude. And that was how our conversation started. We became really good friends, amazing friends. And we had a Bible study. It was just me and him and a couple other guys. We'd meet in this pizza place and we would just sit there and do Bible studies. And one of the things that we prayed for was that Andy would ultimately meet a godly woman who would come into his life, marry him and do amazing things. Well, Andy just grew and grew in his faith in the way that he studied the Word of God. He actually worked at a place in a factory where his Bible study was one guy, him. He would sit in his car and he would just do Bible study at lunch. He was building up that cover of power inside of him that is the Holy Spirit saying, we're going to do this. We're going to go in there and it's going to be amazing. And it took a while. I mean, I'm talking months where I would just like, anybody join you yet? And he's like, no way, man. It's just me. I'm just reading the Bible, reading the Word of God, I'm studying it, and I'm believing that it's going to be something amazing. And ultimately, it ended up being that, yeah, he did. He started having a Bible study. Andy played a huge role in jail ministry. Uh, we ended up at the same church doing things that we never thought we would do. We just literally stood there and smiled at each other going, how in the world did we start way back there and we end up here? But along the way, we met more and more people who wanted to be in the Word of God, but they didn't know how. And I think it was that Andy decided, I'm going to make the ripple. You know, he was going to cause those first rings to go out. And there were people who came to church solely because Andy did that, that he was brave enough to be the first one to do that. So when you're thinking about where your ripple effect is, it may not be a Bible study. It may not even be about praying for somebody. It may just be simply going, hey, how's it going? What's going on in your life? Tell me your story. Tell me what's happening this week. People want someone to be their emotional dumpster. I can't tell you how all that works. God does amazing things with it. And I watch it over and over and I think, man, if I, if I try to make it myself, do all that, it would never work. It would just never work. And I was thinking about that old church building that ended up being my home. And when that all went down, I'm telling you, there was no way that that was anything but God. Uh, it was supposed to be just a surprise birthday party for me. And I'm seeing people pull in the driveway at my house and all of a sudden, here's this car pulls up and it's got my mama in the car and my sister and they have driven, you know, four hours to come down there just for this. And so my mom, uh, you know, she says, hey, uh, I know you're excited and you think I'm here for your birthday and I am, but I'm really here because I want you to baptize me. I was blown away. And I said, what? When are we going to do that? And she said, we're going to do it today. We're going to do it right now. And they had secretly contacted a neighborhood church where I was the missions pastor and said, hey, can you warm up the baptism really warm? And we're going to surprise Bob and we're going to bring his mama in. And so I took her down there and baptized her in front of everybody. And it was so crazy because it was the ripple effect again. 
She goes back to our hometown of Kokomo. My sister saw that baptism. Ultimately, my sister gets baptized before she died of cancer. There was this moment where my mom is beginning to just testify to people. She was like telling everyone, hey, I got baptized, hey, I got baptized. It was like that commercial where the lady's talking about her cholesterol. I got my cholesterol down, got my cholesterol down. But my mom would be like talking to anyone, I got baptized this weekend. My son baptized me, did you know I'm baptized? And I mean, she began to show that light. And I loved how she didn't even realize it, but she was being the carrier of the gospel for Jesus Christ. Just in those little innocent conversations. And it could have stopped there, but when I tried to buy that old church building, I didn't have any money. And so I go to the pastor who owns it, and I, I drove all the way over to Petersburg to meet him, and I said, hey, listen, uh, this is just awkward. I'm gonna hurt your feelings. I'm gonna offer you a number that's gonna really be ugly. And uh, as soon as I say it, you can kick me out. I'm good with it, uh, but I just gotta do it because God's calling me to do this. I want that old church building, and I have an amazing dream that I feel like is totally compelled by God. But I gotta say it. So I said, I'm thinking twelve thousand dollars. And I'm already like turning ready to, you know, try to get a head start before he like tells me what a terrible offer that is. But he's grinning, he's smiling really big. And I said, Man, what is the deal? Did you not hear me just say I'm only offering you twelve thousand dollars? And he's smiling. I said, What? He says, I told my wife today, he says, if that guy comes in here and offers me twelve thousand, I'm gonna say yes. So you got yourself a church. And I'm like, what? No, no, this is crazy. How is this possible? And so I'm trying to think, you know, what do I do next? And, and like, we're signing the paperwork. And I said, uh, dude, you got to give me some time. And he's like, well, how much are you trying to raise? I said, 11999 But I can do it. Just bear with me. Give me some time. And he's like, 30 days. You show up in the next 30 days with 12 grand, it's all you. And so this journey of mine was about, okay, how do I raise $12,000 when I got like, zero double goose eggs you know i have no money and i'm trying to think how's this going to work where am i going to get it from and out of the blue you know the first two weeks i raised nothing and i'm starting to go okay god how does this work because i i haven't raised any money yet and i don't know what's going to go on and i get this phone call from my mom and she said hey your sister and i've been talking your aunt died she left some money and we think the right thing to do is to do this for your ministry. So we're sending you a check for $12,000. And so I you know, get the check in the mail and I'm like going wild, uh, trying to just like get to that pastor and tell him I did it, here's the money, it's happening. And all of a sudden we have this crazy building with all the hot and cold running mice and no hot water heater, no beds. Uh, it was terrible. Everything that you can imagine terrible about it was there. But God stepped in and did amazing things. You know, if you heard me uh, talking the other night here in Hannibal, we talked about getting out of your comfort zone and just the idea that the electric was bad and someone who didn't even know the electric was bad contacts me and says, we're gonna fix it all, replace it all, free labor, free everything. Uh, we needed two before, someone showed up with the exact number we needed. We needed drywall, someone pulled up with a truck and said, we brought the drywall. There was a night when we're all putting insulation and we're hanging drywall and I'm thinking, my gosh, how am I going to feed all these people? Someone comes and says, hey, I don't know, but I just brought a bunch of pizza because I thought you guys might be needing to feed everybody. God was in the middle of it. He was totally in the middle of it and the ripple effect was amazing. 
we just decided we were going to feed people out of there as well as not only feeding them spiritually and saying, okay, on Monday nights, bring what you want to eat, come in here and hang out. And that in itself was going to be awesome. But the idea that you could come in and sit there and eat a big old giant Jethro bowl of Cheerios with your dog sitting beside you on a couch and hear crazy Bob preach to you and talk to you about uh, how much Jesus loved you and wanted you to do something amazing with your life. And at the end of the year, we fed 1,500 people. That's ripple effect. Those people came to me later and said, hey, we're doing our own thing, man, in our town. There were people who drove 30 and 40 miles because they're thinking, if he's crazy enough to buy this old church and do this, then we need to figure out what we can do in ours. And I, I began to get calls and messages. People would say, hey, we're up in our neighborhood in our own community building wheelchair ramps. Uh, we started a food pantry. Someone else called and says, we're on a mission trip because of what we heard you say. We're inspired by it. And there was just this woof, ripple effect. The reality is, it starts with you and me. If we're gonna seek change, we gotta be the change we wanna see in the world, right? And it's gotta to start today. It's gotta to start immediately. You can't burn up a bunch more days just sitting on the couch. So I guess if anything, I just wanna inspire you to just take a step out there, make that first little plunk in the water, start the ripple effect. I'll see you somewhere out there. We are truly thankful you chose to spend some time with us here at Compelled. If you enjoyed today's message, we encourage you to like it, share it on social media, and check out our website, compelled316.com. God bless you, and we hope you have an amazing day. We'll see you somewhere out there.